Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is La Vialva, and I am an extreme extrovert. So I wanted to start my podcast today saying that I'm actually starting a um, new episode. I was, um, it is going to be the series of, I'm still going to focus it on um, self-exploration and sobriety. However, it's going to be more um, of about the things that I've learned through my rehabilitation. Um, more positive notes, um, more positive reinforcements. So, woo! <laughs> this is um, season five. Yeah, starting season five now, episode one. I'm so excited. I just feel like the 2021 um, year is just a good way to just kind of start a new season, start new ideas, um, new things. You know, cheesy, I know, but um, (laughs) that's exactly what I'm going for right now. Anyway, so I really want to appreciate everybody that has been listening so far. Um, Listen to my past seasons and um all the feedback that i've been uh, getting back from people and the emails i really appreciate that i really um appreciate you know people's support and different ideas on like what they you know think about um in regards to anything or any of my podcasts in general so i'm gonna start this um episode by just kind of restating what I learned today in rehab. So in rehab today, I learned about uh, people-pleasing, the element of people-pleasing. And it's interesting because when you think of someone who's a people-pleaser, you genuinely think that, oh, that person is super as annoying. You know, they always kind of, you know, um, maybe act different like accommodating to different people um they're not really genuinely themselves um you know all these negative confrontations and sure yeah you can agree that there are a lot of negative confrontations to being a people pleaser however i also want to um take the time to kind of state um why in my personal self i was a personal ple- like a person pleaser so in my young life, I feel like, um, like most people, you know, you, you are supposed to take youth as a time to explore, explore yourself, discover what you like, um, do things like that. Um, when I was younger, you know, I live, I grew up in a Catholic uh, household, very strict environment, and people pleasing kind of came as a system to you know, survive. And it's interesting because because my father was so strict, I from a very early age, I became a very, very good liar. Uh, my parents would always be like, hey, where were you last night? And I was a, genuinely a good kid. I, I didn't do a lot of like, you know, sex, um, drugs. I did drink. I drank since I was 10. But I didn't do like a lot of things like stealing um never stole actually ever in my whole entire life um from a store um or from a establishment and 
I genuinely was pretty good. Sometimes I, I remember I lied to my parents once because I wanted to go to a coffee shop and eat donuts before school um, with my friends. And, you know, I, I lied about it. I knew that they didn't want me to do that. They'd rather me stay home and study or do something else. You know, I wasn't doing anything wrong. But, you know, within your youth, like that's kind of the please uh, people-pleasing element of it. Um, you know, you go about your life, you know, um, not being genuine with yourself. <clears throat> and at some point, it does serve a purpose. You know, sometimes you people please because we go to a different country, we experience different customs, and you know, you're not, pl- you're not initially initially pleasing them, but you're, you know, kind of need to accommodate for survival. And it's just very interesting because some of these quotes that so we listen to. Let's see, um, we listened to a podcast today, actually, that is, let's see if I can find it, it's called the Recovery Happy Hour Podcast, it's an actual, it's actually pretty interesting, the points that this, um, podcaster points out, um, it is recoveryhappyhour.com, that, simple as that, um, and let's see what her what oh t r i c i a r e i s c h i guess that's her first name and uh last name combined but that's the person who does these podcasts i guess um <clears throat> and i would recommend everyone just kind of checking these out um you know they're not for everybody you know and uh they do in some of the podcasts, they do talk about, um, you know, medical marijuana usage and other ways that people have kind of um, steered away from drinking. Um, obviously, if you're um, in recovery for other things other than alcohol, other substances, that might be triggering. But it's pretty nice because the podcaster does a really good job about, um, you know, telling people about those triggers before she proceeds to her podcast so it's actually pretty nice and so we listened today about um one in particularly it was about yeah it was about selfish uh no yeah it was about um self-pleasing um and she interviews a man named Jeremy. I'm trying to see if I can find that. Um, oh, here we go. But yeah, she talks about this guy named Jeremy that um, he gets into medical marijuana usage because you know it it cut his drinking down a lot. Um, he also realizes that um, because he has been more in tuned with himself and kind of exploring sober living that other substances have been going down for him as well and I'm like huh that's very interesting because I kind of see that in myself too um I was uh you know an active drinker and I also was an active smoker um never smoked tobacco but you know you can use your imagination and um it it kind of went it didn't go hand in hand alcohol has always been a bigger problem for me than any other substance but definitely after drinking and after um 
you know, participating in more sober living styles, like, you know, being more active, going on walks, um, meeting with people for lunch, like soberly, sober friends. Other substances tend to go down too, because, you know, it just kind of all in all makes sense. <clears throat> and one thing that's good to remember is that the outcomes of sober living have to be more the positive outcomes of sober living have to be a lot better and a lot more in abundance than the lifestyle that you had um, when you were using so trying to make your sober life a lot more you know a lot more exciting a lot more happy a lot more um, benefits than with the life that you had before I used an I use an analogy in my brain to kind of remember this when it comes to people pleasing and trying to satisfy other people. For example, like when I first started doing rehab, I was doing rehab because my friends told me I had a problem. I uh, I was doing rehab because my boyfriend said, you know, you need to do this. Um I felt like I was doing it for all these exterior reasons. And now that, you know, I'm getting further in my recovery and my sobriety journey, I'm realizing that you know, in order to maintain this kind of lifestyle, a sober lifestyle, you do have to find some interior motives for yourself. Because if you don't, then you will never be sober. <laughs> it's not something that's going to be accomplishable or, you know, easy to do, at least. Because, you know, if you don't have the willingness yourself or at least something that is rock solid that will motivate you internally there's there's no way it's not gonna happen so anyway here's the analogy that i think in my brain i think of kind of a cup right when you have your cup full you know um it could be full of water it could be full of um any kind of substance really you know fuck it you could even say whiskey whatever whatever the fuck you want to think <laughs> your your cup is always full right and you picture that in your brain. And when you go through your day, you know, your cup is on kind of like a boat. It kind of goes back and forth and back and forth. You know, you might bump into something here and a little bit might come out. You know, somebody might be thirsty and be like, hey, you know, I don't really, I left my cup at home. Can I have a little bit of your liquid, whatever? You know, a little, throughout the day, you just kind of drop a little here, a little there, a little there. But there's a line where at the end of the day you need to keep your cup that full you know and when we think of people pleasing when we pe when we think of like oh you know i'm going to be this person that kind of caters to every like other people you don't consciously think of that but you know sometimes you have to you know sometimes you have to be that kind of person because you're a mother you know you're a caretaker you are um, you were abused in your past, and that's just how you feel like you're important when you're like pleasing, pleasing, pleasing people. And honestly, I know it's hard to hear, it was hard for me to hear, but that's a self absorbent notion to think that, you know, if you do something and, you know, if you don't do something and you don't please that person, that person's life is going to be so much worse than if you know you did something else that's kind of self-absorbent to think that your life is that important or the actions that you have are that important yes your actions are that important they are sometimes but like the people are not thinking about you 24 7 and 
realizing this made sobriety so much easier you know i always thought like oh i had to be you know this uh i have to be uh, 100% sober i need to be this successful because my friends are looking at me my loved ones are looking at me these people are looking at me in reality nobody's looking at y'all <laughs> nobody's looking at you the only person that like cares about you is you other people care about them and it's it's a nice weight to get off of your shoulders to know that other people are thinking about themselves. They're doing what is best for them. You are doing what's best for you. You know, you're don't be that self-absorbent. Like I had to obviously look at myself and be like, "Damn, you know, I'm why what am I actually doing rehab for? Am I doing rehab because I care so much that I'm going to make my partner's life a living hell if I don't go?" But yeah, that was maybe a motive. But that shouldn't be my only motive, you know. Because at the end of the day, I'm not going to be sober for my partner. At the end of the day, I'm not going to be sober for whoever was looking at me and being like, oh, you're an alcoholic, you need to fix your life. No, I'm not going to be that person. And if I decide that I want to be 100% sober or just, you know... and. So sobriety is interesting. Some people believe sobriety is like all around total every substance on every kind of amount. And um it's interesting because sobriety isn't like that for most people. Some people sobriety means staying away from alcohol. For some people sobriety means staying away from bars. Some people sobriety means you know um clearing your brain from toxic people. Some people still drink. Some people still use. But you like being in that mindset of being like, okay, what is it that I want to do? What is it that makes me feel best? And if that is, you know, if your self-care day involves watching horror films and maybe having a few cigarettes, but you're really sustaining from alcohol, so you decide to stay home. Good for you, you know? And I, I've seen people where they're like, oh, you know, you're sober. You're not supposed to be smoking cigarettes. You're not supposed to be doing this. You know what? Screw those people, because you do whatever you need to do. You know? Like, if if you're trying to sustain from marijuana or sustain from meth, and that means maybe you have to have a... I don't know, piece of cake instead. You know, like, people are going to be so... just. People are going to be so critical of you anyway. They're going to be like, oh, you should... If you're being sober, you should eat healthier. You should do this. And you're like, yeah, I know. We'll get there. Everyone's at their own journey. Some people are at the phase where they're cutting down. Maybe they're in the beginning of their recovery where they're just cutting down to one or two drinks. Maybe they're at the end of their recovery where they're not using at all. And what I really like about my rehab that I'm going to is when we introduce ourselves, we always say like, oh, my name and, you know, my sober date and then my recovery date. I I love that because the sobriety date can be like, say, January 1st because you drank on New Year's, right? But But your recovery date can be like mine is 2017 because when 2017 was the year that I decided I was cutting down I was cutting down to two drinks like 
at one sitting, I was cutting down my usage uh, one less day a week. You know, and people were looking at me like, oh, you know, that's nothing. Like, okay, yeah. And at the time, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed by that because I was like, oh, you know, for me, this is a big step. I'm proud of myself. But it's contradictory, you know, because you want, you want to be proud of yourself for your little um, goals. And it's not selfish. You know, you got to keep your cup half full. It's not selfish to be like, hey, you know what? I usually drink four days of the week. One less day for me is great. It's hard, but, you know, it's great for me. And other people are not going to understand that. And that's the amazing thing about that is because you don't have to care about what they think about you. So just remember, like, I just like to remember that cup half full. Like, not half full, full. Primarily full throughout the day, you know. Um... And when I go about my day, you know, I'm like thinking to myself, you know, am I putting too much effort here? Am I burning myself out? What am I doing to actually like sustain my well-being? And another thing, another um, resource that I learned about today is uh, Glenn Doyle, G-L-E-N-N-O-N, next name, <laughs> D-O-Y-L-E, Glenn Doyle. Untamed, this book is supposedly a really good book, and I want to check it out. Um, we talked about it today, and um, there's several quotes that you can find online about this book, and I really, really like it. Like, I really, really want to read this book. But anyway, I'll I'll share some of the quotes that I heard of about today. So, it says one quote is, "This life is mine alone." So I have stopped asking people for directions to places they've never been. So I'm going to read that one more time. This life is mine alone. So I have stopped asking people for directions to places they have never been. For me, this really resonates for me. This really, really resonates because... It's easy to be critical of others. Like, I I can even understand myself, you know? It's so easy to be critical on others. It's so easy to be critical of yourself. And when they say your life is your own, that means that you're truly... That gives yourself power. That That entitles you, you know? A really touchy topic that came up... Um, today in my rehab is um, we were talking about getting married and uh, weddings and stuff like that. Um, great news <laughs> um, before I uh, go on with this, but I actually got engaged recently. Woohoo! So exciting! <laughs> Didn't mean to like just slip that in there, but I did actually, and it it is a very exciting, pleasant. Um, also very stressful situation. But anyway, so that's how this topic kind of came about with this um, quote in this direction. It says, you know, when the quote says this life is mine alone, um, it sounds, you know, it, at first glance you think, oh, it sounds kind of really like, lonely and stuff like that. But it's not that. When your life is like yours, that gives you power. You know, like, since I've been... 
working towards sobriety, I feel a lot more empowered in my life. I feel like, you know, engagement, which I am now, is actually a step for me. When I was, like, actively using, I, you know, had a lot of other interior demons that I was, like, fighting. And to finally embrace that, you know, um, it doesn't matter like what people think about your sobriety. You know, it's okay if you're not at the level that people think you should be. Because it's none of your damn business what people think where you should be. And um, the second part of the quote is, So I have stopped asking people for directions to places they've never been. So, in my life... I, as a young person, I experienced my parents having a very um, loving but also toxic relationship. They've been married for, they had been married for 18 years before they divorced. And so stepping up for me, um, getting, finally getting engaged, took me a while to get to that point. Just because in my life, I... I didn't want to go in that direction. I didn't want to be ideal like my parents. I didn't want to be that idealistic person that just gets married, has kids, and, you know, gets divorced. And I didn't want to be that. I wanted to be, like, a strong, um, financially stable person, um, educated person. I feel like it's more common now, you know, for people to be kind of moving in that direction, especially in 2021. Um, But anyway... And my my childhood was just kind of very toxic sometimes um, because my father was very abusive. <clears throat> and when I became older and I would feel these um, the same emotions that I would feel as a child, loneliness, um, secluded, um, maybe not underappreciated or something like that, I... I I wasn't I didn't want to express those insecurities. I didn't want to express those anxieties. I frankly didn't even want to share them. I cuz I was so stuck on people pleasing people. I wanted to be a strong person. I wanted to be an independent person. I wanted to people I even I was self-centered in a way because I was looking at myself and I'm like I want the world to see me as this. And you know, I was looking for all these like you know, uh, affections and um, external opinions from people. And it was interesting because I would often drink to mask, you know, loneliness. Um, I wanted to, um, and I think that's when it got really toxic for me um, drinking was because I used to drink with my friends all the time. And one little mistake, like everyone blacks out every once in a while. But for me, I was very critical of myself. I like when I had one blackout, I would be like, man, you know, you're you're an alcoholic, you're stupid, you're dumb, but not in a embraceive way, but in a mean way towards myself. And I thought that people hated me because I, you know, like was couldn't handle it and pe- people would think oh she can't handle her, her liquor I don't want to hang out with her I, I hate you and so then this came this resentment towards myself and I started going to the bars by myself because I was like you know if no one likes me and what I'd like to do I'm gonna do this by myself so that no one sees 
me. And the thing was, I was not being genuine to my actual emotions. And I was not being genuine or even listening to myself. And I don't regret anything because I'm not going to ask for people for directions to places they've never been. They were not in my shoes. They'd never... Some people have never been abused. Some people have never been um, molested. Some people have never been dehumanized. Some people have never been abandoned. Some people have never been homeless. Some people... Oh God, you're such a lucky motherfucker if you've never been heartbroken. And I'm not ashamed to say that I used this substance to mask all this hurt that I had. I I honestly thought in my at once in my life, once at one time when I was sitting at a bar, and many times, I thought that love was just not meant for me. I thought making a family and having children was not meant to be in my future. I didn't think that was in my grasp. Because I was constantly, constantly seeking out approval from other people, thinking that they cared so much about what I, what I was doing. And in reality, they don't. People care. Like, they want to... Uh, gen- because they're genuine, you know, you... As a person, as a regular human being, I feel like most people want to see the best in others. They expect the best of others. But they're not going to go out of their way to make one person's life exceptional. I feel like that's not as common. You know, like, in life, we're, we only have our life. So only work on yours. And I, that just mindset really... um lifted a lot of stress off my shoulders you know and even with relapse um in the beginning of my rehab I would lie and not be honest about my usage and now I've told myself I'm gonna be honest like I had like my last usage was January 3rd I had one beer and I I hit myself I was like oh you're you're you know, I said all these negative things about myself in the mirror. You know, I was like, oh man, you're just, you know, a discouragement. You're not being the person that you're trying to be. And I was like, I stu- I took a step back and I was like, wait, who am I trying to please here? Yes, it was a relapse, but who am I scared of displeasing myself am I really sad about myself or am I sad because of someone else and what they think of me anyway so I'll get going with this one last quote I'll say for the day is I will not stay not ever again in a room or conversation or relationship or in institution that requires me to abandon myself.
this kind of goes with the quote. You, uh, I'm sorry. I always like jump from topic to topic. But when, um, when I mentioned earlier about um, engagement, uh, the topic, I, I was talking to my counselor about this, um, about my engagement and how I felt and blah blah, blah. and um, my mother actually asked me if I was going to invite my father, and my father is a you know, he's a very respectable man. I respect him. I love him. But uh, in my life, the relationship that pertains to me and my father really, like, is explained throughout this, like, quote that I just read um, by Glenn Doyle Untamed. I will not stay, not ever again, in a room or conversation or relationship or institution that requires me to abandon myself. And the reason why it pertains to this particular relationship is because, yes, I love my father. Yes, I forgive my father. But I will not invite him to the wedding. He's not invited. I, I want to say that as respectfully and as, um, you know, as respectfully as possible. Because the things and the hurt... That he had done unto me. If I invite him. Into my life. After. What. I experienced. That would discredit. My progress. That would discredit. My. My actions. Because a lot of. My earlier childhood. And how. That particular person treated me had instigated a lot of my usage that uh, emotional abuse where I was constantly being told what to do constantly being critical criticized um, constantly being called names and that's where the term like alcoholic why it took me such a long time to even say it like to even address myself as one because he would use that against me. He was like, oh, you're an alcoholic. You know, it had such a horrible consultation. It had such horrible consequences. And I have made so much progress and I'm not going to forgive those actions because those are actions that have affected my life and that have um, that I had to use alcohol to mask a lot of those hurt feelings and drinking to hide those feelings that I had towards him and the things that I experienced do not discredit them because that helped me survive in my younger childhood, my younger life, and it has made me the person that I am today. And I'm proud of it. And I hope um, everyone that is listening. If you, if you take the time, you should definitely just look up, um, you know, Untamed by 
Glenn Doyle. Um, it's an, I heard it's a really good book. I haven't read it yet, but I'm definitely gonna, um, well, you know, order it. I'm definitely I'm interested to see other books, too. Um, if anybody knows of any good books in relation to, um, just exploration or sobriety of any sort, feel free to hit me on Twitter, via.alva, uh, yeah, or even um, on my email, via.alva. no, via.alva at yahoo.com. Yeah, feel free to send me emails, um, or a message on Twitter. I'd love to hear about other books that people have read, or, you know, about anything, really. But with that, I will have to let you go. I hope that everyone has a great day, and... I'm so, so excited to um, talk more about um, quotes that I've been reading and books and, you know, um, ideas in regards to making a sober life a a much more um, exciting life. (laughs) But anyway, um, thank you. Thank you for listening, and I absolutely love and appreciate all you, and safest, safest, safest of travels.